This is Blind Football News. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Blind Football News, the podcast bringing everything there is to know about the beautiful game, football or soccer, if that's your thing, and with a special focus on blind and visually impaired listeners. So we'll have all the headlines, all the important news, but also audio description of the day's biggest games. And we've got quite the episode for you today on November the 16th. I'm your host, Joe. And what we have in store for you today is, well, first we'll go through the news. Then we have a game of the day, which is going to be the European qualifier between Israel and Switzerland before having a little overview of what to expect for the rest of the day. So first things first, today's news. So the big headline of the day is that after this international break, we will actually witness history in the German Bundesliga as Marie-Louise Etat is set to become the first female manager in the German Bundesliga. Well, I say first female manager. Technically, she's only an assistant manager, but it will be the first time ever that a woman has taken position in a managerial role at the side of the pitch for a professional football team in the German Bundesliga. And this will be for Union Berlin, who dismissed their manager Urs Fischer, and he's being followed by Marco Grote, who worked together with Marie-Louise Eta on the under-19s, so on the youth team, and on an interims basis, they will take over together. Marie-Louise Eta is fairly young. She's only 32 years old. So far, she's worked mainly in German's uh, women's youth team. She also played there as a player up until the under-21s, and joined Union Berlin in 2023, where she's been working as a coach for the under-19s, as together, as I mentioned previously, with Marco Grote, and has now, well, taken the step up to the big time. So really exciting and looking forward to seeing how that will develop. Staying with women and the women's game, we had the Women's Champions League games yesterday, where Real Madrid and Chelsea faced each other. I mentioned it in yesterday's podcast. It played out quite interestingly for the neutral, ending in a 2-2 draw. And also Bayern Munich and AS Rome played each other in Munich in front of 2,500 uh, supporting fans, which also ended in a 2-2 draw. This game, however, was uh, the more dramatic of the two, as Bayern Munich were 2-0 ahead and 2-0 up at halftime, but then conceded a late equaliser, which I'm going to play for you now. Vienz cuts it back, real chance! Oh, and Gross has to save! Oh, and then it goes in! And Roma do have their equaliser! Okay, so what happened there? Well, Roma attacked down the right side. There was a cut back to the penalty spot where Manuela Giuliani strikes the ball at the right post. Keeper saves the first attempt, but then it kind of is blocked back straight to Giuliani, who on her second try does everything right. She hits it into the short corner again, into the near post with the right leg. Keeper gets a leg to it, but she can't stop it from going in. 2-2 and an equalise in a most dramatic fashion. And I don't know about you, but I just think there is something to a 90th minute or last minute equalise. It's, yeah, no matter who, when or where, whenever there's one of those, it really gets me excited. All right, other than that, the next big news items of the day were... Uh, well, they are not big news items yet, technically, but it's a very interesting developments in Spain where Juan Laporta, the president of Barcelona, and Florentino Perez, the president of Real Madrid, have both simultaneously resigned from their positions on the board of directors of the Spanish Football Federation. So 
the president of Real Madrid and the president of Barcelona both at the same time say, okay, we're not working for the Spanish Federation anymore. This is, of course, huge news because these are the two biggest club in, uh, clubs in Spain and an enormous factor for TV revenue for the Spanish league. And this uh, linked with the connection that both clubs had with the failed Super League product or project that was started a few years ago. Just as a reminder, there were attempts to start an international European Super League with the biggest clubs in the world. It failed in the end because, well, basically UEFA just played their power card and, kind, and FIFA joined them in telling players that they would be excluded from World Cups and so on and the Champions League if they were to play in the Super League. But what this means is that this could realistically open the avenue to a second attempt or maybe there is even something going on in the shadows that we don't know about. Of course, pure speculation at this time, but it seems very odd that the presidents of the two biggest clubs and two of the strongest proponents of the Super League project at the same time leave the Spanish Football Federation Board of Directors. So very curious what will happen there and definitely keep you updated on that. And other than that... Uh, only real item worth mentioning in professional men's football was a friendly game between Belgium and Serbia that the Belgium team won 1-0. And this game actually had to be played in Leuven instead of Brussels, where it was initially intended to be played because the pitch condition was so bad that all the tickets had to be reimbursed and the game was then played in front of an empty stadium. All right, so that's it for the news. Let's move on to the match of the day. And that game was played yesterday between Israel and Switzerland. It was the only European Championship qualifier of the night for the Euro 2024 and had really big implications for both teams of Group I. A win would put Switzerland through, while Israel would need at least a draw to keep the hopes of advancing alive. But actually a win would be really good for them and give them realistic hopes. The game was played in Hungary as Due to the current political situation, Israel, who were technically the home team, can't play games in Israel. Let's start off play with the 20th minute. Israel have the ball in their own half and try to play out from the back. And for some reason, a defender with the ball runs across his own penalty box where he loses the ball, which is recovered by Swiss attacker Okafor. Okafor enters the penalty pot at the left half space. He's challenged by two defenders, but lays the ball to his right foot with the outside of his boot, shoots... So his powerful shot ends up cannoning off the crossbar, but it loops up straight in the air, like 10 meters, 15 meters high, and falls down right in front of the goalpost, in front of the right goalpost, where there's a tussle between two headers. Vargas heads the ball in, but foul. He deemed to have, he's deemed to have pushed his opposition player, so still scores level after 20 minutes. Then, in the 33rd minute, Israel win possession in the center of their own half. They start a counter-attack, and Tuchman takes the ball into his own half. He sees that the Swiss keeper is off his line, and from inside the center circle, in his own half, he just plays a high looping shot towards goal. Well, it's an ambitious hit, and Jan Sommer was very nearly caught out. So the ball drops perfectly, keeper Sommer is almost caught out, but only almost. He scrambles back, just gets a hand to it, and keeps it out to keep scores level and the game yeah all tied after 33 minutes then three minutes later it's switzerland's turn to attack the attack down the right play an early outswing cross that's aimed at the left corner of the six yard box ruben vargas the swiss attacker times his run perfectly and he finds himself completely unmarked at the six yard box with a free header and now fernandez jack 
makes the run. It will come through, though. All the way to Ruben Vargas. Switzerland moves one step closer to the European Championships in Germany. It was a wonderful header. He makes real solid contact with the head, powers it across goal, so to the right corner from the left edge of the six-yard box. The keeper has no chance whatsoever from close range. He actually does something that keepers do a lot. He does the so-called star, so he tries to stretch his arms and legs out as wide as possible or as far as possible from his body to kind of try and cover as much area as possible, but there's nothing he can do. The header just goes past him, past his outstretched left arm, into the net, 1-0 Switzerland. In the 40th minute, the Swiss team would attack again, this time through the left side. Skipper Granit Xhaka, formerly Arsenal, now by Leverkusen, plays a ball towards the D, where Okafor, the Swiss attacker, finds himself covered and marked by two defenders, but he runs toward the, towards the ball, and with his first touch, he flicks the ball with the right outside of his boot into the direction he was running from. So kind of passes back with the outside of a boot, he, switches, he just flicks the ball on, there's an attacker, in this case it's goalscorer Vargas, offering an overlap, so just to his left, making the space a bit wider, running towards the left post. And this flicked pass is absolute perfection. It falls directly into the stride of Vargas. He finds the ball at his feet, only the keeper to beat from eight meters out. Nicely worked here, and it's Vargas again, who for the second time in this match, strikes the crossbar. The second half starts with an attack for the Israeli side. Tugerman goes down the left wing and draws the defender into one-on-one -on, -one on the left edge of the penalty box, close to the touchline. He then just wields his magic wand of a foot. He first pulls the ball away from the goal line with his left heel. The defender follows and then... When after pulling the ball with his left heel, he fakes a cross with his right leg. The defender tries to block it, but instead of crossing it, Togerman pulls the ball back again towards the touchline. So the defender is now completely stranded. And this opens up space for Togerman to play a crossed ball towards the far post. He does so with his left foot and finds Kalali completely unmarked at the right corner of the six-yard box. The cross is good. It could be an equalizer. As you could hear in the soundbite, the header just completely bangs against the crossbar and falls lucky to defender, they can clear it away. Next goal mouth action, we'd have to wait 40 minutes for it to take place. This time it's Israel attacking down the left side in the 88th minute. They play an early outswinging cross towards the penalty spot from about uh, 25 meters out, I'd say. The ball doesn't really connect with the target. There's a light touch with someone, an Israeli player makes light contact with the ball with his head on the penalty spot, but it just seems to be going through towards the right side where there's another Israeli player waiting that could then play across from the right side. However, Swiss defender Fernandez sees the person lurking in his back and tries to intercept the ball by controlling it with his left foot. And then, absolute nightmare for the defender, instead of controlling the ball, he awfully miscues his touch the ball falls towards the six yard box where Israeli substitute player Sean Weissman finds himself with the ball at his feet and what a goal and what quick thinking that was Weissman with his back to goal spins around and whacks the ball goalwards immediately in one swift motion with his right foot the goalkeeper does get a reflex hand to it, but there's no, no, no way whatsoever stopping that ball going in from so close to distance. So 1-1 after a great finish with a spinning shot. 
Defender Fernandez, who we just mentioned, who had this absolute howler to gift the Israelis the equalizer, his night would actually end up getting even worse in the 94th minute when high in the Israeli half, he lunges for a 50-50 ball for a duel with his studs showing and completely hits the opponent with his ankle. He connects, there's no doubt, his flying tackle with studs up onto the opponent's ankle or somewhere between ankle and shin, straight red card, and he goes home after 94 minutes of yeah, of which the last six were real, a nightmare and will probably be haunting his dreams for the next couple of weeks. And it would end up being the last meaningful action of the game. Pretty soon afterwards, the referee blew his whistle, 1-1. So what does this result actually mean? Well, the situation in Group I looks as followed. We have Switzerland and Romania on 16 points and Israel on 12 points. All teams still have two games to play. So two games to go, four-point difference. And... An added factor is that Switzerland and Romania will face off in the last round. So basically, um, Switzerland, if they get one more point, they are pretty much all but through. Um, they would then have a th six-point advantage over Israel, and this deficit would mean that Israel... Well, actually, Israel don't have a chance because the head-to-head, -head, they lost the first game 3-0, and in European qualifi qualifiers, the head-to-head -head results count. They're the, the first tiebreaker. So if Switzerland get one point, there is no way that Israel can overtake them. Switzerland play Kosovo next, and then Romania. For Romania, however, the situation is a bit different and more tricky, I'd say, because the next game in that group is actually... Romania against Israel. If Romania win that or tie, it's game set and match, it's done. But should Israel win, then we have a really exciting situation because that would put Israel on 15 points with Romania one point ahead of them and Romania still having to face Switzerland. Whereas Israel, their, their last game, the last round they play is the must win, the absolute must win against Minos of Andorra. So you can kind of expect them to win that, which would mean in all likelihood, if Israel beat Romania, then, even though they will need some help from Switzerland, they can really think about, at least like just just think about looking on websites for hotels in Germany. Well, anyway, we'll see. The real game to look forward to, I guess, in that group will be the mini-final that we have on Saturday between Israel and Romania. But since Saturday is pretty far away, let's have a look at what's going to happen today. So we have European qualifiers for the 2024 Euros, and in South America, we actually have World Cup qualifiers. And there, there we have two amazing games to look forward to today. Argentina will host Uruguay and Colombia will host Brazil. Well, I said today, technically, at least if you live in Europe, it's tomorrow since games will start at 1 a.m. CET. But it's still kind of the same day, in my opinion. And in Europe, as I mentioned, we have the 2024 qualifiers, where in Group A, Spain and Scotland can book their tickets for Germany. Both teams would need a win, an away win. Uh, Spain play Cyprus and Scotland play Georgia. So I think you can kind of expect them to go through. In Group F, all is set. Belgium and Austria will advance and Sweden will be third. Group G is a bit more complicated. Hungary can book a ticket today if they get at least one point against Bulgaria away. And as we mentioned in a previous episode, Bulgaria, the state of Bulgaria right now and the national team is really horrendous. So I think you can also expect them to win a point there. Montenegro will also play Lithuania for a chance of staying in the race for second spot. But no matter what happens, their fate is not in their own hands and the chances are actually pretty slim. 
And finally, in Group J, we have Slovakia that could advance by winning at home to Iceland. And if not, if they don't win, of all the teams in the world, the team that could actually benefit from that and could still get into second, theoretically, is Luxembourg. Yeah, they could uh, overtake them. However, Slovakia would have to lose today to Iceland and then in the next game, they would also have to lose against Bosnia-Herzegovina. So also not very likely, but of course, it would be, at least as a neutral, I would love to see Luxembourg at European Championships. All right, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you again back tomorrow. Take care and goodbye. The sound bits in the intro, the new segment and the bird chirping were all taken from freesound.org. Authors are Mansardian, SPA and Fleschnitz. The sound cues for the Women's Champions League came from the, the Zone YouTube channel and the sound bites for the UEFA game between Switzerland and Israel came from UEFA TV.